ബാദ Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. It is now about one month or so since school began, since the academic year began. And by now, most students, most children, parents, grandparents, family members are probably in the routine. and are now used to the routine. So if you're a college or university student, you know, you sort of know when your classes are, you know what time you have to leave home, if you're driving or you're catching the bus, taking public transit. As children, uh, for our children, uh, we know what their schedules are. Um, we know what to expect in terms of their, their education, their classes and their teachers and so on and so forth. So everyone is sort of settling in into this routine now. So at this point, It is a good idea to take a step back and reflect. Reflect upon our children, reflect upon ourselves, if you're uh, someone who is currently studying, um, and reflect upon the future of our families and the future of our community. And this issue is something which is relevant to all Muslims, because our children, our young people, collectively are the future of this ummah. The young people of a nation, of a, of a country, are the future of that country. And similarly, the young people from our community, young Muslims today, children and youth, are the future of our community. Because obviously, we know, but sometimes we, we don't like to think about it, but the reality is that none of us are going to be here forever. Right? I'm not going to be here forever. Right? you are not going to be here forever. And there will be a time when our children are going to be inheriting not just our property and the wealth that we leave behind for them, but we'll be inheriting our community as well. We'll be inheriting our institutions. We'll be inheriting this deen, right? And the enormous trust and responsibility that it comes with, just like we inherited from our parents and our grandparents. So that chain has to continue. So this concern about the well-being of our children and the well-being of our youth is something that should be a, a, a concern for every single Muslim, every single member of our community. So whether you have children or grandchildren or you don't have any children yet, this is important for us to know for whenever the time comes. And it's also important because it impacts our interactions with children and youth in our community. Now the question is that, you know, of course all parents, grandparents, want their children to be successful. There's not going to be a single parent or a grandparent 
who's going to want their child or their grandchild to be a failure. Every single one of us who is a parent, every single one of us who is not a parent and you can foresee or imagine yourself having children, wants our children to be successful. The question is, what does that success look like? So when you imagine your child being successful or when you as a young person imagine yourself being successful, what do you see and what do you imagine? And I think most parents, most people will say that happiness is a key ingredient of being successful or what we consider to be successful. To have a stable life, to have a good source of income, right? or perhaps have high income. Perhaps we have a specific profession in mind that we want our child to become a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer, right? and so on and so forth. Perhaps we envision ourselves, we envision our children having a happy marriage, owning their own home. Right? And all of these things are great. All of these things are great. But almost every parent will give this answer because this is how we see success in this world. Right? These are some of the things that, 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 you know, that, that define right, success for us or some of the key ingredients of success for us in this world. And this applies across the board. But the believing parent's vision, the parent, a parent who is a believer, a person who is a believer, who believes in La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah, their vision should go beyond this world. When they think of the future, it should not end, or it should not be short-sighted. It should not end when the life of this world ends. So their question should be that what do they want to see for their children in the hereafter? What do I want to see for my children in the life of this world, but then also beyond in the life of the hereafter? The greatest measure of success, my brothers and sisters, is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us. Very simple in Surah Ali Imran. Every soul shall taste death. Every single soul. And you will only receive your full reward on the day of judgment. You will only receive your full reward on Yawm Al Qiyamah, on the day of judgment. Whoever is spared from the fire, whoever is spared from the fire and is admitted into Jannah and is admitted into paradise will indeed triumph. So if you want to be triumphant, if you want to succeed, if you want a true measure of success, this is what it is. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ends the ayah with وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ Whereas the life of this world is no more than the delusion of enjoyment. It is no more than the delusion of enjoyment. مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ So my brothers and sisters, that is when ultimate success will become apparent. A person may think that they are very successful because they have checked all the boxes of what we consider to be successful in this life. 
But if a person fails at that point, may Allah protect us, then they cannot be considered to be successful. And on the other hand, if a person is not able to check off all those boxes, the list of things that we consider to be measures of success in this world, but is then successful on that day in this way, then actually they are successful. So therefore, my brothers and sisters, our vision must extend beyond the next 50, 70 years. It must extend into the hereafter. And our choices that we make, and at every point of time we are making choices. So our choices must reflect that vision. Because these choices are those that can help set up our children for a decent life in this world, inshaAllah, and the best life of the hereafter. Right? And not the other way around. Right? Because as I mentioned, if it's the other way around, then it's not true success. And this is something that we should make dua for. This is something that we should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for sincerely and make it a priority, practically. Because our choices, our decisions send implicit messages about our priorities that our children are able to, able to pick up. The choices that we make, day-to-day -day choices, right? small decisions, big decisions, how we prioritize, what we pay, you know, what we, we give importance to, all of these things are being picked up by our children as they're growing up. They're noticing all of these things. Right? And children are very good at picking up those messages. Right? And especially if they sense hypocrisy. If they sense that you know, your choices and the values that, they, that they, they, they imply are not in sync with what you preach and what you say to your children and what you tell them to do. Right? So children are very, very good at picking up these things. Right? So that is why our choices matter. Even when they don't directly impact our children, our children are noticing those things. Now, each child is designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be upon the fitrah, upon the natural disposition. The default setting is the recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and belief in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the fitrah, the natural disposition of every newborn, of every child that is born. And the Prophet ﷺ has told us that it is the parents, it is the parents who mold the child differently, who change the faith and the beliefs of a child based on what they teach them and what they allow them to be exposed to. Now the challenge is, let me just put it this way, the challenge is like this, that we are trying to grow, take a tropical fruit, okay? We are trying to grow dates, mangoes, in a climate that is not really suitable for such fruits, okay? This is the situation we are in, okay? Of course, I'm using a metaphor, okay? I'm not suggesting, I did plant some date seeds when I was a kid, or my dad did, right? And yes, the plant came out, but you know, it didn't lead too much, okay? so. When we are trying to raise our children as upright Muslims who are firm upon Suratul Mustaqeem, that challenge is like the challenge of trying to grow mangoes and dates here in this climate, in this environment. Now, for a fruit 
to grow, right? Or for a plant to grow healthy so that it is able to give, you know, nice and sweet and juicy fruits the way you want them to be. A few things have to be correct. So you have to have the right type of soil, right? And the temperature needs to be right for a certain amount of time, right? You may have great warm temperature in the summer, but if it's not long enough to give time to the plant to grow and for the flowers to bloom and for the whole process to go through and for the fr fruits to then start growing and to ripen, then you're not gonna get the fruit that you want, right? So the, temp the, the soil, the temperature, and the proper nutrients, right? Of course, sunlight, water, all of those ingredients that are needed. So this means that if we are now to apply this onto ourselves and our children, then that means that we need to manage the environment, what we and our children take in, and the length of the exposure, right? Three critical factors. So the environment, the climate, from a spiritual point of view. What is being consumed physically in terms of food, ensuring that it is halal, but also in terms of what we are watching, what our children are watching, what they're listening to, what we are exposed to and what we are exposing them to. And number three, how long that exposure is for. Because we know that if there is something which is harmful for us, but our exposure is very limited, or it's counteracted by something which can undo it or which can correct it, then of course, it may not be that bad. But if we have high levels of something which is, for example, radioactive, something which is terribly harmful, and it goes on for a prolonged period of time, without being stopped or without being challenged or without being corrected, then that presents a serious problem. So number one, the environment. The environment at school. The environment at home. The environment in within our friends, our social circle, and as our children grow older, within the social circle of our children, our youth, right? So that is number one. Number two, what they're watching to, what they're listening to, what they're exposed to, so media, right? Internet, much more harder today to control than it was when I was a child, right? When we were children. So media, internet, movies, Netflix, I'm terribly, what's the right word, concerned. When I see young children with iPads, well, my kids do that too, right? But with unrestricted access right, to YouTube, to Netflix, right, scrolling through, trying to find something to watch, right? Not even like the kids setting, but just like unrestricted. Either because the parents are not aware or they simply just don't care, right? So media, internet, movies, shows, you know, music, right, that they're exposed to, that they're listening to, right? Versus, of course, positive things, right? So it could be good, healthy material. It could be, you know, material they watch, which is educational or has some good lessons, you know, listening to Quran, Anashid, things with positive messages, and also exposure to positive interactions and being able to see positive characteristics because that is also something that is picked up, right? Like how do we um, interact with one another, 
right? How do we behave? How do we deal with stress? How do we deal with problems? And if we fail, if we slip, how do we make up for it? Right? All of these things are, are, are being soaked in, are being taken in by our children. Okay. And thirdly, of course, how long they're exposed in an unhealthy environment. And finding ways to increase exposure to that which is healthy. Right? So these are things that we primarily need to manage. So the more we can limit unhealthy exposure, which is spiritually unhealthy, the better. The more we can increase healthy exposure, the better. So we've got to figure out what exposure is required that we cannot control and how to counteract the negative aspects of it. Right? So some of the ways that we try to counteract the negative exposure that exists is through means which are structured. So for example, enrolling your child in programs, classes, right? They could be healthy activities, they could be you know, Islamic programs, it could be you know, Quran school and Medina Quran school on, on Mondays and Wednesdays, you know, Hikmah school on Saturdays, um, you know, the Sunday school at Jami Omar, uh, the evening classes there, uh, strive for our youth, for boys and girls, um, you know, different activities and programs that are occurring, which are structured, which are occurring uh, in the community online classes for example and then there is also the unstructured right the unstructured exposure at home through normal interactions right the types of things we talk about the types of things you know we, we remind each other about the types of thoughts that we share and modeling that behavior right so it all comes back to us at the end right that we start correcting ourselves and we try to be good role models and other exposures, so simple things like playing the adhan, right? Having an adhan clock or you know an app, a computer that goes off and, and the adhan goes off within the home. Um, offering salah with jama'ah, so coming to the masjid, coming to the musalla, or you know even having having jama'ah at home, um, you know reciting du'a before eating and after eating, you know doing things these things together, reminding our children to do them, um, uh, you know taking them out of school if they don't have arrangement for, 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 uh, for Friday prayer, for Salat al-Jum'ah at their school, perhaps for that time if it's possible. Um, you know, spending time with the family, eating together, the importance of eating together is huge in the development of children, right? Today we live in a time when everyone is separated and sort of everyone is doing their own thing, right? But having a time when the family gathers together and eats together is, 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 is very important for uh, the upbringing of children. Um, you know, the types of discussions we have, right? The types of reflections we share and socializing within a controlled environment, right? Within in an environment that we are confident about, that it is healthy, right? That it is controlled, that there are not too many external influences. Of course, you can't make it airtight, right? Because of course, children at some point will be exposed to different types of things and they might share that. But at the end of the day, trying to control that so that it is a healthy environment in which they are socializing as much as possible. And of course, all of this is easier when the children are younger, right? As our children get older, as they become youth, as they become teenagers and get older, all of this becomes more and more challenging, which is why it is more critical, even more critical, to pay attention to all of this and, 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 and work on it when the children are younger, so that when they reach that point, when they reach their teen years, right, when they become youth and young adults, they have a solid grounding. They have been raised in a healthy environment to the best of our ability and are therefore better prepared for facing 
the challenges that are to come. The goal, of course, is to stay upon Surat al-Mustaqeem, to protect against the fire because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs us to protect ourselves and to protect our, our loved ones, our family from the fire. With all of this though, my brothers and sisters, we must remember that there are no guarantees. Our job is to try our best to guide. And that is what we are accountable for. We are accountable for making the right choices. We are accountable for having the right concern. Right? But we are not accountable for the result. So we try our best. And as I always say, we leave for Allah the rest. Right? Even the most pious of people have had children who disobeyed and who rejected. And the worst of the people have had children who, uh, you know, who became the best. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided them. Right? We have the example of, of course, Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam, you know, who reasoned, who pleaded with his son to no avail. Right? Whenever I recite those verses and, and I'm reminded of, of that story, it breaks my heart because you can almost hear the sorrow and the concern in the voice of Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam when he's trying to, to, to appeal to his son, trying to reason with him, just trying to convince him. But he doesn't want to believe. And he doesn't want to listen. Just even something as simple as, you know, come join me. But no, it was not meant to be. And he, did, he just didn't, right? Very, very sad. But that is not an abdication of responsibility of parents, right? The goal is to guide them to be a humble servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who was able to live this life in the most responsible and most productive, productive way possible. And there will be some children, like Sayyidina Ismail alayhi salam, whose father tells him that he has been commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to sacrifice him, to take his life. And he says, Ya abati fa'al ma tu'mar. Oh father, do as you have been commanded. Right? Some will be like the children of Ya'qub alayhi salam. Others will be like, like I said, the son of Nuh alayhi salam. Sometimes children will rebel in their teens. But most of the time, remember that if their foundation is strong, they will come back, inshaAllah. As long as you have done your job, when you had the opportunity, when you had the choice, when you were able to, you tried your best, and of course you continue to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshaAllah, inshaAllah, they will come back at some point. During those turbulent years, the turbulent years, which are the teen years, my advice is keep the door open. Give them love and maintain whatever positive influence you're able to maintain, right? Perhaps they will take some knocks, you know, perhaps they will go through some challenges, perhaps they will learn the hard way, but maybe that is the better way for them to learn those lessons so that they are able to become resilient adults who now know better because they have gone through these challenges when they were younger. Of course, it's difficult for us to see as parents. It breaks our heart. But at the same time, we must always be there, right? Never, never cut off your children. Never cut yourself off and never force them to be cut off from you. Always, always have at least some line of communication, no matter how challenging or how severe the situation uh, may be. So make effort, make dua, because the dua of the parents are very powerful. The dua of the parents are very, very powerful. So make a lot of dua for your children. Make dua for all of the children of this community and for all of the children of this ummah because our children today do not have it easy. It's not easy.
to be a young Muslim in today's environment. And especially as they get to middle and high school, it becomes more and more challenging. So be there for them. Make dua and try your best. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of our children and our youth. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make them steadfast upon Iman. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make them lighthouses of Iman and Ihsan so that they become living embodiments of the Quran and the Sunnah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rectify our state and forgive us for our shortcomings. Ameen. Ya Rabbal Alameen.